Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to this week's play-by-play of the Hang Time Podcast. Backing down a lefty hook, breaks it in! With your host, Elliot Anderson, stop it down behind his head. Sekou Smith, the tipping is good at the buzzer. Now it's time for the tip. Front row, Clint Hawkins is back in the building. Glad to see him. Our uh, master of controls in there, Sekou Smith from the Hangtime blog at NBA.com. Welcome in to the Hangtime Podcast. Bit of sad news to get out of the way before we get started. Uh, Our co-host is now our former co-host. Vince Thomas is no longer with the podcast. He has uh, departed the building like Elvis with a peanut butter and banana and bacon sandwich. Moved on. We miss him. We wish him well. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll talk to him again soon as a guest here on the Hangtime Podcast. But in the meantime... Uh, you know, Vince is only one of the, the major names on the move in the NBA. There are a few other guys who have been uh, making headlines. Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James in that order, from uh, least important to most important. LeBron James scheduled for a Thursday night news conference to announce his intentions. Wade and Bosh have already decided they'll be heading to South Beach, to Miami, to uh, continue their careers for at least the next few years. Micah Hart, our super producer, is in the booth with me today. Micah, are you as excited as the people on South Beach are uh, at the idea of Dwayne Wade and uh, Chris Bosh joining forces together down there? I mean, I think it's a good start, but I definitely feel like you have to do more than this. And I know everyone thinks maybe LeBron is still a chance there, and I guess that's a possibility. But it just seems to me Wade and Bosh and, you know, some random veterans, I don't even know, does that get them into the top four in the East? Uh, I don't know if random veterans. I mean, they need something more special than just random veterans. Um, I've I've heard rumblings that they like Luke Ridnour, who's uh, Hang Time's number one backup point guard of all time. So they do get their hands on my man Luke. Uh, the good things could be in store. I'm not just saying he's the key to the championship puzzle or anything, but he certainly would help the cause. They they need a lot more though than just two A-list all-star players. They need to figure out what to do with Michael Beasley. Uh, you know, Mario Chalmers, is he there? Rajon Rondo at some point if they, you know. And, and then the other part of it that, that people really aren't talking about is what if LeBron James decides to join him? There's still that possibility, I guess, that if things work out, LeBron James could be in Miami with those guys as well. And then you really have uh, to, to re, you know, to reopen this thing and figure out who you surround them with, who can you surround them with from a financial perspective. Because that money's going to be tight now. You, you're going to need a loan. To, you're going to need something. You're going to need a coupon to get some veterans down there. You know, you're going to need a voucher. There are a couple uh, things that I thought were interesting about this. Uh, first of all, it is a little interesting to me that they chose Miami and not Chicago only because it's almost a similar situation except in one city you've got a top-flight young point guard in Derrick Rose and a top-flight young big man in Joe Kim Noah. And some other pieces. I mean, Lil Ding, who knows if they'd have to trade him to make out all the stuff work. But that's a pretty solid team right there. You add those two guys in, and maybe they're a championship contender tomorrow. Whereas it seems like with the Heat right now, especially if they don't get LeBron, they may be a championship contender depending on who else comes to town. But it seems like it's at least another year or two before they can really you know, re-add all the pieces that they'll need to have a full competitive roster in the East, especially if – you know, if LeBron stays in Cleveland or if, if he goes to Chicago. So I'm just very curious. The one other thing that I thought was interesting, I saw someone say something about this today, with all of the madness, people talking about Joe Johnson's contract in Atlanta, and we can we can hate on that in a minute if you want, but he's only <laughs> six months older than D. Wade is. And Wade, as much punishment as Joe has taken, Wade has probably taken more and been more injury-prone. 
clearly a better player, but I wonder, you know, if that's going to play into it as well with, uh, with the length of his deal. Yeah, I mean, I've had conversations with people, Mike, in the last few days who were and, – and Joe Johnson, let's make sure we – we highlight Joe Johnson signed or has agreed to sign a, a maximum deal with the Atlanta Hawks six years and uh, in upwards of 119, 120 million dollars, and and that was met with a lot of uh, disdain by Hawks fans who were not happy about the idea of paying a guy who they see is maybe reached a certain plateau, you know, in his career maximum money. Um, but you you raise a good point. Joe Johnson eliminated Dwayne Wade from the playoffs two years ago. He's gone to the playoffs at least the last couple of years, whereas Chris Bosh has not uh, the last three years to be exact. Um, now, granted, he, I don't think anybody would put him in the same category, obviously, as LeBron James. But none of these guys, even Wade, as good as he is, he's the only one of these free agents we're talking about, he and Darko Milicic, I guess, with an actual championship ring in his closet. So um, this idea that, that – it was money that wasn't well spent on Joe Johnson to me is kind of curious because all of this is crapshoot money if you're talking about guaranteed championships. None of these guys are guaranteed to win anything. Uh, in fact, I think Wade and Bosch in Miami is a is a bigger gamble because you just don't know what's going to be around them. When, you, when Boston did the big three a few years ago, they brought in some guys with a, with a core group of a team. And it, granted, it was a young inexperienced bunch, and they went out and added, you know, Sam Cassell and P.J. Brown late in the year to make it all work. But there was at least the, some building blocks around, Kendrick Perkins, Rajon Rondo. I mean, they had a couple of other guys. Paul Pierce, obviously, was already in place. You had a couple of guys you could put together in that roster, at least have a team that you knew on first day of training camp was going to be ready to play. Miami has Miami has nothing right now. Um, and that, and to me, that's dangerous. Uh you know, a lot of people talk about this being the craziest free agent summer they've ever seen and, the you know, the, the greatest free agent class of all time. I'm not sure I agree with, with that part. I certainly think it's the the wildest thing we've ever seen thanks to technology involved and, and everything else. Um, but, I mean, Mike, I, I think it's, it, it requires some perspective just on the history of the league and how free agency has operated the past couple of decades. And, and we have uh, luckily – here at NBA.com, we have somebody who's basically seen and done and lived through every second of it the last three decades in uh, Fran Blindberry. And Fran joins you us. You call me old? No, I didn't call you old yet, Fran. I'm getting, <laughs> I was getting to that part. But <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm good, man. I mean, Fran, everybody has an opinion, obviously. I mean, I've, I've been sitting here reading uh, Jeff Van Gundy, I mean, or Stan Van Gundy's uh, blog post on the Orlando Sentinel where he is just waylaying these guys for the way they've handled free agency. Uh, does it does it bother you the way it bothers Stan Van Gundy, or is this something that you just feel like is a part of the process now? Well, it, it, it doesn't bother me as, as much as it bothers Stan. Of course, a lot of things bother Stan. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I, you know, it, it, I, do I wish it weren't the process? Yeah, but there's a lot of things I wish, you know, weren't the same thing, uh, you know, over the years. It, you know, it, it's just part of the way it goes. Uh, I mean, I, I, I was saying to somebody today, we all thought, there wasn't anything, you know, the, the, when the NBA draft lottery with the ping pong balls, there's no way you could manufacture a non-event into a network television broadcast. You, you could make a network television broadcast out of less than the, than the lottery. But LeBron has found a way. You know, he, he's going to have a one-hour show just to say, here's where I'm going, folks. It, uh, it's it's just just the world we're living in, and, and uh, yeah, I, I haven't not enjoyed the last week or so of you know <laughs> I, uh, of, of of sources, anonymous sources. It hasn't done you know our business of the, the, the journalism business a lot of credit. I have a, lot, a lot of folks haven't covered themselves in glory here. This whole everybody's got to react to you know what's happened thirty seconds. Did I get something thirty seconds before somebody else? Right. And you know so you you know they used to have to have things you know before we put it in the newspaper paper with you know several sources and hopefully maybe somebody on the record and here it's just it's it's the old spaghetti theory you know you throw it against the wall and see what sticks well you you know Fran the other part of this that really strikes me as crazy 
everybody just assumes that whenever you whatever combination of these guys you throw together, oh, okay, now you instantly have another power, you know, some powerhouse team in the league. These guys, these aren't exactly guys who have exited the playoff stage the last couple of years at the top of their game. I mean, none of these guys has has left the playoff stage with a ring, or you know, or or even going as far as the potential that their team appeared to have before the playoffs started. I'd be nervous with with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade as my anchors. Well, yeah, especially if they got to have like me and you to fill out the starting lineup. <laughs> I mean, you know, they got nobody else on the team right now. <laughs> you know, they got to go in there and they, you know, it, it's like you got those two guys. Can they take over? You know, the whole world now. Now, if LeBron surprises the heck out of us and he says he's going to go to Miami, well, yeah, I kind of like those three taking on the world together. <laughs> right. But, but with just the two of them. No, it, it doesn't make them. I don't think it, it jumps uh, uh, Miami to the top of the heap. I mean, I was reading, I've read so many different blogs and comments on this stuff. I read somebody today was saying that, you know, Miami's now ahead of Orlando. I don't see it. Yeah. I, I, I don't see it. They're not, they're not the best team in Florida just because they got these two guys. You know, let's, let's, what are they going to do with you know, guys like, you know, Michael Beasley? And, and uh, you know, can, can, can they get Udonis Haslam now to come back in here for, uh, I don't know, some kind of an incredible discount? And, and uh, yeah, it, it, there's, there's a lot still very much up in the air. And, and it, it, it's interesting that, you know, Dwayne Wade's been so, uh, you know, upset that he hasn't had help the last couple of years. And suddenly here just bringing in one guy. Yeah, this no. this makes it all better. I don't know. No, I I agree. Um, friend, people talk about this being the greatest free agent class ever because I think those first three names jump out at people. But can you remember a time when there were uh, as many high profile free agents, or maybe more pivotal free agents available in one summer? Because I have a hard time believing that once we get spoon deep in this free agent class that David Lee and Carlos Boozer and Rudy Gay and these guys qualify as members of the greatest free agent class ever. Well, I guess it's just because of it. it, it yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the cream at the very top when you got, you know, LeBron and, and, and Dwayne Wade. No question about it. Those, those two at the top. And then just the sheer numbers. You got a lot of guys who scored a heck of a lot of points. So, you know, I don't know how you judge what, what is the greatest – you know, free agency class. Uh, I mean, you know, you had that you had that year back in 2000 when uh, you know Toronto was recruiting McGrady, right? Tim Duncan and Grant Hill. Grant Hill, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty strong. If if you know, if, if if the admiral doesn't come to the rescue there and keep Tim in San Antonio and and Grant doesn't have all the foot problems, I mean, you know, whack. Wow, that, that, that's a pretty darn good free agent class just going to one team there in Orlando. Uh, I guess with the numbers, but yeah, I, what, what it may go down, you, know, you, you alluded to it, Seiko, that you know these guys it doesn't mean automatic championships, you know, for wherever LeBron goes and you know in, in Miami in terms of, of, of Bosch and Wade. But with all these other guys out there, it could be the class that just really, you know, break the bank on overpaying people. You know, and I, I'm I'm not. I'm not, you know, I'm sorry, Amari is not a $100 million ball player, right. I don't think, in, in New York. He doesn't turn it around, in, you know, with the Knicks. If he, he's the one there by himself. And, uh, you know, Joe Johnson's a nice player, but, again, you know, you're, you're maxing it out there. And, and we're, we're still going to see more people, you know, as, as the, 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 the big dominoes fall here. Then you got all these other teams that still have money to spend, and it's going to be burning a hole in their pocket. And are they going to go out and overpay now? for, you know, the, the second and third tier of, of player. I don't know, Fran. You must not have heard Amari. Uh, the Knicks are back now. I mean, I, I thought that was awesome to, to see him get up there because he's the one guy in this whole process who hasn't been bashful. I mean, I know Bosch has tweeted a lot and done a lot of mm-hmm. stuff that in, in that respect. But Amari's been all over the place. Like, you see him walking around New York with his Yankees cap on, smiling for the cameras. If you're going to do this, in this wild three-ring circus atmosphere of free agency, you might as well live it up like Amari did. Tour the city and do it big. I, I'm, I've been a little disappointed that there hasn't been more of the photo op, you know, craziness that we normally see in free agency where a guy spotted at this restaurant or, or that Coming sort of tomorrow thing. night at 9 o'clock on ESPN. <laughs> no, I mean, granted, we, granted we're going to get more of that tomorrow night with the uh, one-hour LeBron James uh, infomercial or special or whatever is going to be on ESPN, but... Has it been a little less uh, TV-oriented than you imagined? I mean, I thought this was going to be a deal where there was round-the-clock helicopter footage of everything. 
Well, yeah, I, I did think, you know, TMZ was going to be involved, you know, much more in this this thing. You know, somebody was going to be seen dating Lindsay Lohan or, you know, or, you know, or being her chauffeur, I guess, is what they really need to be. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, Amari, if you're going to do it, you might as well live it up. I mean, that's that's the one thing everybody's talked about with LeBron, even if he goes back, says he goes back to Cleveland at the end of the day. Well, he never played in college. He never went through the recruiting process. So he wanted to enjoy being wined and dined and well gee how what, what was so special about having a couple of meetings about people coming you know coming to Akron and meeting with you or, you know you going to an office building and meeting you know yeah you would have thought that they really would have you know just wanted to revel on in, in all this stuff the way Amari you know did he 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 certainly has milked it he certainly has enjoyed it and and you know he's got the right to do it I mean I don't, don't begrudge him the right to you know if the Knicks are willing to pay him 100 million bucks and God bless him. Take the hundred million. I, I just think at the end, at the end of the day, uh, yeah, he, he better get some help because uh, you know he's going to miss that guy named Nash. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's one of the biggest things that people are going to be talking about when these when the big names fall is how do you fill out these rosters? I know you talk to executives from different teams and people all around the league, friend. Is anybody worried as to what you put around? these players when they get to whichever town like New York has work to do on the roster with Amari and whoever else they may or may not get New Jersey, you know, my aunt, they all have more work to do than just getting these big names. Oh yeah. And, and that's where I, I said, I think they really could, A, they'll be disappointed that they didn't get the big star. They didn't get LeBron. Okay. They didn't get Dwayne Wade. So, but now we got this money. We can't come back and tell our fans, well, we didn't get anybody. You know, we, we've got this space, so, we're itch- so do they just start, you know, really paying, I don't know, Mike Miller and Carlos Boozer and just, and then really not, not just set the, have disappointment for this season because they didn't get the superstar, but end up setting themselves up for disappointment four or five years down the line when, when uh, you know, these, these contracts are, are due. I mean, you know, you're looking at the end of the deal there on, uh, you know, the Joe Johnsons and, and stuff, that, you know, 25, 30 million bucks. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you you better hope you got it done by then if you're the Atlanta Hawks. And, you know, <laughs> no question. No, listen, Fred, and I know you're in Orlando. Uh, in addition to all the free agent craziness that's going on, you are actually watching basketball these days, like guys that are actually running up and down the floor and sweating a little bit. I keep yeah. I keep reading about this this uh, rookie Luke Herringody. Uh Is he as good as the hype machine has him built? I mean, he's he's at top the. Uh, the NBA.com rookie ladder uh, that Drew Packham, uh, our rookie guru, does. I mean, is he is he living up to all of this hype? Yeah, he's definitely come to play every day. And, and as a matter of fact, they they do the, the game. They were the first game this afternoon here. Uh, they played Charlotte, and this this he got banged around a bit. Took an elbow going up for a rebound. Took an elbow in the face and bumped up a big gash on his cheek. Took three stitches, and and he was back in the ball game. And uh, but he uh, ended up he scored twelve points, three rebounds. Uh, he's he's been tough. He's been rugged. He's no question. He's got a, a you know he's got the, the the bulk on him to survive there in the NBA. He's got that he's got sort of funny looking shot that's out in front of his body. That you keep thinking, you know, he's going to get that rejected, but he hasn't. You know, he didn't. It it made him, you know, a player of the year in the at Notre Dame. Uh, So no, nobody's really thrown that shot back at him. I haven't seen anybody even get it blocked here. Uh, Yeah, he's looked very impressive, very solid, and through three games. He's, I think he's 18 for 36 from the field, so he's a 50 percent shooter, and he's like 50 percent on his three point pointers too. So uh, yeah, he's been somebody who's just been very solid. There's been there's nothing spectacular about what he's done, but he just he's three games, three times in double figures, and and uh, the Celtics have to be happy with what they got there at number 52 with Aaron Gody. <laughs> no doubt, I, and that, there's no sense in in uh, overdoing it on rookies at after two three games of uh, of summer league competition. Any promising signs, though, that you've seen so far to guys or anything that concerns you about some of those other rookies, certainly the high-profile guys that are in Orlando right now? Well, you know, Evan Turner is, 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 is I think he's, he's going to be fine. Uh, right now, he, he's a guy who's he's got a little of the jitters just coming in there with the new team. But as Doug Collins has pointed out, and I think very legitimately, uh, the guys who have the most trouble in, in the summer league, especially at the very beginning, are the high, higher profile draft picks because these are the guys who've been shut down by their agents. They have not played any five on five ball for about 
90 days, you know, three, three and a half months since the, probably the last time Evan Turner played five on five was when Ohio State got eliminated, eliminated from the tournament. Right. Um, so, you know, he, he's kind of getting his rhythm back in there. But, you know, you see flashes of, of what Turner can do, and he's going to be fine. And I think it's one of the things that you – I come away from here uh, saying, that, boy, that's Philadelphia backcourt with, uh, you know, rookie and Turner and second-year guard and Drew Holiday. They're going to be young, and they're going to make mistakes, and they're going to turn the ball over, Caitlin. But I'll tell you what, some other times they're going to play your pants right off you, too. Well, These two guys have a lot, of, a lot of potential there and a lot of fun there, you know, I think this season for Philly. Uh, you know, Favors has been, been the same way. He's, he's, he's made a couple of plays where you said, wow, wow, he's got it all. And then other times, you know, he, he looks uh, a bit lost. Uh, uh, Lance Stevenson, the kid that, that uh, you know, Indiana's taking a flyer on, you can see why they're willing to do it. You know, he's, he's, he's had a little bit of question about, you know, an in, incident in, in supposedly, of, you know, grabbing a girl at a bus stop when he was mm-hmm. in high school. But they they say they've checked him out. They've interviewed everybody they needed to. They The, the pacer said they're definitely, I uh, think it's, they're, they're, uh, this is something that uh, is, is behind him. And uh, I talked to him the other day, and he's, he was all about ball and, and so, saying that he wanted to do all the things that, the, you know, the pacers are asking of him. They're, they're, they're so desperate for a point guard, too that they've got him in there playing the point. And he said he had one game that was pretty spectacular. His first one, his second game was uh, not so good last night. But he's somebody to keep an eye on, especially with an Indiana team that, that really needs a point guard. Right. Well, Fran, I know your plate is full uh, with with Summer League as well as free agency and all this other stuff you got going on. We appreciate you coming on. We love reading the stuff, obviously, on NBA.com and all the great contributions to the Hangtime blog. And, and in addition to all that, we got you rocking and rolling on Twitter now, which is seriously some of my favorite stuff during the NBA Finals. I I would be thinking something, and you'd already have it tweeted, so it made me feel good to know there was another sinister mind at work out there. No, another crazy one together here. Yeah, and the thing you didn't even you didn't even ask me about. Well, I got to go in here. I got to go catch up to our man. We talked about all this free agency, and uh, we got this crazy kid, Kevin Durant. I don't even want to do that stuff. I just want to sign and be happy and play ball in Oklahoma City. I don't want to do any of this fancy recruiting and craziness. So I'm great. He's in there, you know, while while LeBron's, you know, fixing up, uh, you know, for his TV special and Bosch and Wade are getting all hooked up down in Miami. Kevin Durant's in there sitting on the bench being an assistant coach for the Oklahoma City Thunder and, and getting up and doing 6 a.m. weight room workouts and stuff like this guy's just nuts. But signed a five-year deal with the Thunder, and uh, so I'm getting ready to get in here and talk to him as soon as this game's over. Tell him I said uh, I appreciate his contributions. We He is now officially a hangtime blog favorite uh, because he did this the right way, friend. Oh, absolutely! That's that's amazing. That's what I, I can't wait to you know just talk to him after the game. Wait a minute! You didn't want you don't want to have a, a prime time TV special. You don't want to, you don't want to have all this this circus around you. You know this kid. Imagine that this kid just wants to play basketball. Who knows? It might end up being the biggest you know the biggest deal done this summer in a few years. It'd be funny to look back on this and all this drama about these free agents and the fact that Durant's still in Oklahoma City may be the one thing that still you know. The, the core move that was made this summer that's the biggest? Well, I'll, I'll think about this. Which which one would you, you're a GM, which one would you like to rather have, you know, on your plate and be responsible for, you know, five years, $100 million and Amari Stoudemire, or five years at 85 and you got Kevin Durant who's, but, you know, still still wet behind his ears. <laughs> well, appreciate yeah. it, Fran, and don't expect any Christmas cards from Amari. He's going to listen to this, so. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, take care, Fran. Okay, good to see you. Sir. You too. Talk to you, Seiko. Bye. Fran Blindberry, NBA.com's finest down there in Orlando, slugging away. All right, it appears that uh, Raptors Nation is angry with the Hangtime blog today. Uh, I made a joke and, and and pointed out that maybe Chris Bosh will be the new Vince Carter now that he is uh, exiting the premises north of the border. Um, apparently there's some debate Gent, some gentle, not so. Some not so gentle. They they're calling me out by name, giving me the business on the blog. I appreciate it. Um, I have thick skin. I can take it. But we have uh, the DiGiorno Five on the Rise Guru himself has wandered his way down here to the booth to join us on the Hang Time Podcast. Jeff Case is in here and hanging out Hello. with us. Jeff, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. I'm getting uh, torpedoed apparently up in uh, Toronto. Everybody's upset. They don't agree that. Uh, 
Chris Bosh will be a, a target of of uh, the fans' venom in Toronto going forward. I'm I'm a little surprised that they're taking this, you know, statesman approach to this thing because I know good and well once those games start, there's gonna be some booze in that arena. Yeah, I mean, um, they've lost you know Vince in the past. They let Tracy McGrady he walked to um, Orlando in 2000, and now Chris Bosh is on his way out. I think it's a little bit of. Um, from what they've said on your comments in the blog is a lot of them said, oh, well, you know, Chris Bosh always played hard. He never complained. He did everything that he could to try and help the Raptors win, which was unlike Vince. You know, Vince would complain. Vince didn't want to be there. <laughs> when they drafted Bosh, he didn't understand why. Right. Um, but I think the thing they're forgetting is that, you know, uh, whenever there's a chance to boo someone in an arena at a game, more often than not, the people that want to boo are going to win out. You know, there's people saying that, you know, they'll cheer and they'll – applaud Bosch nicely, but you got to think they're going to do that. And it's just hard for them, too, because it's yet again another franchise star, you know, superstar player, however you want to quantify Chris Bosch, walking out the door with nothing coming back the other way. Yeah. I mean, in a, in a grand, I guess there could be a sign and trade, but it's not going to bring back a player of Chris's, of Chris Bosch's stature. And that's, that's no. a tough thing for fans anywhere to deal with. Um, I think it's interesting that they have such a, a, a vivid – in uh, wily imagination about how Vince is treated and how Bosch will be treated. Because if Chris Bosch is standing on that podium next next year in June, holding up a trophy with Dwayne Wade in Miami, and the Raptors are maybe not in the playoffs or yeah. have been eliminated in the first round or something of that sort, right? I'm having a hard time believing there's going to be a parade, you know, somewhere in Toronto, or even if it's just two blocks. Yeah. Saying, hey, Chris Bosch, our guy, got his championship. I don't – I'm not buying that. I, I think there has to be more, more burnt feelings. Well, even that. to this day, you know, every time Vince shows up at the Air Canada Center, they boo him. I yeah. mean, it's probably not the magnitude of what he got the first year he went to New Jersey and came back, but he gets it. Yeah. Even T Mac gets it to an extent, and T Mac is, you know, what ten years removed from that, and he's switched teams two times, and they're still booing him. So, I mean, Chris Bosh has to be ready to, to hear that. You Thank know, you. And it's, you know. I think the the sign and trade really also has something to do with it too, because right. if they can get something back, like you said, even if it's just maybe a trade exception or whatever, I think the Toronto fans would probably be a lot more angry if he's like, you know what, I don't even want the extra year and the extra money. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to help the franchise out at all. Then I think that gives them even more reason maybe to be angry with them. Yeah, but if you want to help the franchise out, he's taking that six-year six year deal, deal and, and stay up there and help them build yeah. a championship there. I, listen, I. I'm not going to fight with the, the, the Raptors fans. There's way too many of them, um, and and I respect their their passion way too much. But uh, I, I will reserve the right to look at this again come that first trip that the Miami Heat make to uh, the Air Canada Center, and then we'll see how much cheering is going on and how much booing is going well, on. Well, you've seen how many times they've had to rebuild. You know, that's yeah. part of it, too. It may not be exactly Chris Bosh they're mad at. They're they're probably exactly. also mad at the Raptors front office because it's like, okay, we started out with Damon Stoudemire. Gave that a couple years. That didn't work. Okay, now we're going to try Vince. All right, now Vince doesn't work. Okay, now we'll go Chris Bosh. All right, now Chris Bosh doesn't work. I mean, what's the plan? Yeah. You know, they're probably – probably some frustration level with that, too. Even if you do sign and trade, whatever you get back, it's like, is that going to be enough to build around? Probably yeah. not. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned that, too, in the post that I thought, you know, a lot of the venom was, was directed at the organization as well. It's just what a tough way to go when you have a huge fan base that's, that's itching for a, a championship team or at least a really just good run. playoff team yeah. or run, and you keep – you know, short, yeah, you keep problems. riding off the road. Yeah, every, yeah, every few years yeah. they have to start over. It's got It's got to be painful. Because they're the only game in town up there. I mean, there's no right. other team in Canada. They're the only NBA team, obviously, not within the, the borders of, the border. of the continental yeah. United States. Yep. Um, you know, it's, it's got to be tough to and be a fan of the Raptors. they have a great fan base, exactly. and they really get behind the team. You know, you watch their games on TV, they're really passionate. Even if they're playing a, you know, kind of middle-of-the-road team late right. in the season, they have a pretty full house. Yeah, I know? mean, it's it's tough. I mean, I, I, again, um, I'm smart enough to know when to leave the Raptors fans alone. I'm not going. I'm not about to get back <laughs> on there and say anything else. But we'll visit this again next season or this season, rather. I guess we're after July 1st. We're we're into the new season. Yeah, when's schedule day? We'll we'll be able to find out exactly <laughs> when the booing will commence. Exactly, we're into the new season. Jeff, have you? I mean, I know you look at this stuff every day, probably as much or more than anybody I know. Have Have you really dug in here and just wondered? What in the world happened? Like, how did we get to this point, knowing for two years that we could get 
to, to a free agent summer that had all of this craziness involved. And here we are, and it's even crazier than we thought it was going to be. Well, you know, because when LeBron got knocked out of the playoffs against Boston, he said, you know, he's going to get together with his team and look at what his options are. And it, it gave you the idea that, like, he was kind of going to hang back and look at things, maybe visit a couple teams, or I guess as it is, as it was, they visit him, and just kind of go from there, make his choice, and that'd be it. Now it's become this, okay, now we've got a TV special and a, you know, <laughs> documentary for Chris Bosh of the whole thing of him walking around and meeting with teams. I mean, it's it's really gotten out of control to an extent. You wonder if it's the uh, amount of uh, – of coverage that they're able to give to these players now that's so much different from in the past, or if it's that these players realize how much of a quote-unquote brand they are and they want to maximize that, right? you know? And it's just it's unheard of, you know? Even last summer, granted the class wasn't like this, but even like last summer, past summers where there's been big classes, I can't think of any time when it's been this big with guys that are that are named free agents that are just saturated everywhere, yeah. you know? Well, well one, one person we know uh, who is – Neck deep in free agent drama, uh, you know. His, his, I don't even want to see his cell phone bill ever, no. um, because I know it has to be in the. You talk about nine figure salaries. Well, I know where we could find a six figure cell phone bill. <laughs> David Aldrich, TNT's finest, and, and a member of the uh, NBA Digital Family. Da, I, I don't. I don't even know how we got you on the phone for a couple minutes here. I'm stunned that you actually had time. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been. Um... It's been quite a couple of weeks, man, but, uh, you know, try to help out where I can. (laughs) (laughs) Well, are you uh, happy that this thing is coming at least to some sort of conclusion where LeBron is concerned on Thursday night with this this primetime TV special? (laughs) And, I mean, is that going to give us some sort of closure on this whole process, at least with these humongous names that are out there in free agency? I'm happy I won't have to answer the question that I've been asked 7,000 times in the last three months. Where's LeBron going to play? <laughs> you know, and I try to tell people I really don't know, and I think I'm holding something from them, and I really don't know, and, and you know, so um, so that will be good. Um, you know, uh, it'll be good to kind of move on through all of this. I mean, I think it's, it's just interesting to me to look at the, the contrast today, guys, you know, between this kind of you know, Lollapalooza kind of treatment that you're getting about the the big three, and then Kevin Durant just very quietly saying, "Oh, by the way, I extended with Oklahoma City today." Yeah. You know, you yeah. know, no news conference, no prime time special. Just, <laughs> hey, I'm going to stay with Oklahoma City because I like what they're doing. You yeah. know, and it's just kind of like I think the contrast has never been greater in this league between uh, you know how people do things. So um, it just it was just really interesting. Uh, D.A., I'm really worried, too. I mean, a guy like LeBron, who's already such a humongous star, you wonder how much of a beating his image takes this summer if people start associating him with the process itself. And they go, well, look at LeBron milking this. Look at LeBron doing this. I mean, is this good for him, you think, to spend an hour tomorrow night uh, talking himself about himself, basically, and everybody kind of leading up to something that really could have been handled the way Durant did it? Um, I, I mean, I'll just say this, um, you know, I've been covering the league for 23 years now. Um, and so, you know, there were another 40 years or so of coverage before then. Um, you know, everybody else said, Hey, I'm having a press conference. You can come and I'll tell you, and that's what I'll do. Uh, <laughs> and that seemed to be good enough for, you know, <laughs> Michael Jordan and Bill Russell and Magic Johnson, when they had uh, decisions to make or announcements to make about new contracts with their teams. So um, this is a different way of doing it. It's not a way that uh, I have seen, frankly, in uh, in the years I've been covering it. I don't think you have to do it this way. Um, and I think that, that you do run the risk of, of there being some backlash against you when you could very easily do what, what Durant did this morning and, and end all of this, you know, kind of noise and speculation. Hey, DA, this is Jeff. Hey, um, what do you think about, like you were just talking about, the players of the of the older age of, like, the 90s and, and, and late 80s. Do you think, like, the way how this has happened with, um, you know, all these news conferences and all these things going on, is that more of a, an element of <clears throat> the kind of media 
world we live in now, or is it more these guys realize that they're a brand and they want to push that more than the players did in, you know, Michael Jordan's day, that sort of thing? Well, there may be a, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that this is generational. You know, I'm not, I'm not that old. I understand <laughs> that, it's, uh, that this is something that is catered more towards younger viewers and younger readers and the Twitter generation. I get that. I understand that. Um, so I, that's fine. It doesn't, it's not, uh, you know, how, it's not how, you know, I would do it or how other people do it, but that's how I would do it is irrelevant. Nobody cares about how I would do it. Um, you know, this is how, what they feel comfortable doing. And certainly this is something that is, um, um, indicative of, of the kind of media, uh, scrutiny that we live in where someone controls the message as opposed to waiting for me or someone else to, you know, uh, to break the news, they're going to break it themselves and they're going to control every aspect of, of that announcement. So, um, that's just kind of the new media, the new era that we live in, and and, we'll, and you have to get used to that and understand it. Da, we talk so much about LeBron, but this this Dwayne Wade Chris Bosh combination in Miami does mm-hmm. that does that really immediately just those two alone and whatever you put around them vault them into that that top two three mix in the Eastern Conference? Well, I'd like to see what else they do before I put them in there. Um, you know they they have the opportunity obviously to do some other things obviously if they get lebron that would that would make them the favorites in the east i think it's fair to say um but um you know i want to see some of the other moves that they wind up making before i kind of pronounce them the team to beat um because as you you're right they have two great pieces uh to build around but you have to build around them i mean chicago has two great young pieces you know what i mean so um uh you have to do more than that to uh to be a contender so if they if they add some more talent, you know, if they get a couple of veterans to come down there, you know, whether it's a Brendan Haywood or, or maybe a Ray Allen or somebody like that, you know, to come down there, then I would probably give them more of a chance. But but they still, you know, looks like Boston's going to come back pretty much intact, whether that's with Rashid or without. They're going to get somebody to replace Rashid. Um, you know, Orlando is still a very viable team, uh, the, regardless of, of them losing in the Eastern Finals. So, um, and, and if LeBron does go back to Cleveland, you know, Cleveland, that team won 61 games last year. Let's not forget that, you know. So, um, so no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't automatically make them a favorite in the East. They certainly would be in the top four. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah, after tomorrow night, we'll know where LeBron's going. We already know where Bosch and Wade are going. So, who's the next big target on the board free agency wise that these teams are going to go after oh i think it's uh you know depending on what your cup of tea is it'll you know be carlos boozer or uh, david lee you know one of those two guys would be the next uh kind of major um piece that uh, would be be available and, and obviously the teams that don't wind up i mean if chicago it does you know right now it doesn't look like chicago is going to uh, you know, get any of the top three if they want, if they strike out. I mean, wow. they, they have to go after whether it's Lee or Boozer or somebody. I mean, they have yeah. to go after one of those guys pretty hard. New Jersey's certainly going to go after Boozer pretty hard, I think. Um, so I, I think he's probably the next guy, the next domino to fall. Like the teams like, you know, uh, Chicago and New York, you know, they have all this money cleared up and they have obviously head eyes for LeBron, Wade, Bosch, those guys, and maybe. LeBron is still out there for them to get, and the other two are gone. But a team like New Jersey that had all this money filled out, if they don't land somebody, are they still okay? You know, if they come out of this and they maybe don't even get Boozer, let's say, do they have a little more to to work with, a little more leeway by not getting someone this summer than those other two teams? Well, they'll you know what what they'll have is they'll have the room to to make trades, and and again. You don't. It doesn't. It's not just about free agents when you have room. You can also you can also do trades. You know. And uh, they can trade a, a big contract into their room if there's a player that they like out there. Uh, or they can make a bunch of small trades and build their roster up that way. I mean, they have a lot of flexibility uh, going forward. And I think it certainly seems to me that, that Prokhorov, with, with his kind of statement that they're going to be in the finals in five years, is not all that interested in building up through the draft. So, <laughs> so I, I suspect they will have draft picks available for teams over the next uh um, few years, 
with the caveat that they can't trade successive picks, obviously. But uh, they, they'll be they'll be a player just because they'll they'll be willing they'll be able to facilitate trades. Da, there there's such a, a sentiment that you know it was it was all or nothing for so many of these teams in free agency this summer, and I'm wondering if the Los Angeles Lakers are sitting back going. Go ahead, fellas. You know, tear each other to pieces. Spend all your time and energy doing this. We'll get our rest and be right back, ready to go, chasing that third straight championship next year. I mean, I just feel like Kobe has to be somewhere smiling right now. Oh, I don't think there's any question because it's kind of like, you know, this is kind of like I don't know how to describe it. It's like, um, you know, pretend NBA <laughs> what we're going through right now with all this. And then there's real NBA, which is <laughs> which is LA and Boston and right. veteran teams that have been have been through wars and know how to win in the playoffs. And uh, yeah, there's, I don't think there's any question that that uh, you know the Lakers are just sitting there. Just I don't you know, I don't I, I would be surprised if Kobe even is watching tomorrow night. <laughs> I, I imagine Kobe's probably still in South Africa waiting for the final on Sunday. You know, just having a good time. Because it just doesn't. What none of this may, means anything to a team like the Lakers that have won championships and and have the you know the belief and the experience to do it again. So um, and the talent and the coaching. So you know all those things too. So um, so yeah. No, there's no question. I don't think the Lakers care much at all about any of this. Yeah, I mean last last week, Di, I wrote about it on the blog on NBA.com on the Hangtime blog that the minute Phil Jackson and Doc Rivers decided to come back, anything that happened in free agency paled in comparison to the Lakers and Celtics, basically bringing back everybody they had that just finished an epic seven-game series for the NBA. I mean, that was the summer in my eyes. Right, right, exactly, exactly. I agree, and I totally agree with you. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, those two guys, I think Doc was the catalyst for all of that, yeah. obviously, because um, I think Phil, man, I don't know Jeannie, Jeannie Buss kind of joked about it, but I, I really do believe that Phil did kind of look at what Doc did and say, hey, you know, oh, you know, if they, they may be back next year. You know, they, they may be able to do this again. It's going to be difficult, but they may be able to, to conjure this thing up again. And, and, you know, I want to take another shot at them, too, because that was obviously that series could have gone Boston's way. I think we all know that. And so that, that again, you're talking about playing at that level when you're playing for rings. It's a totally different level than this kind of pretend, you know, China, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, what do you call it, play school kind of thing that we're yeah. doing now. Erect a set contender. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, if we're going to see any kind of surprise tomorrow night, and, you know, at this point it really seems like it's down to Chicago and Cleveland, I guess. Uh, is there any, I mean, if you were going to be surprised tomorrow night, what do you think it could be? I, you know, again, I am not going to sit here and try to predict <laughs> what I do. I just, yeah. it's just, it's kind of improve our ratings here. Come on. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't do me any good. It's, yeah. I'll probably be wrong. So <laughs> for, <laughs> for all those reasons, look, I, I don't, I, look, I think he either goes back to Cleveland or he goes to Miami or New York. Wow. I mean, I, I don't think there's anybody else that's really in this right now. I don't even really believe New York. So I think it's Cleveland or Miami. Wow. Um, you don't right think now, that the that addition of Vinny, you know. Vinny Del Negro to the Clippers makes them a last well, That would be a surprise. Well, DA, if you could guess, you know, obviously we're not going to, you know, play craziness with LeBron, but if you could get, who's the biggest loser this summer if they don't get LeBron? Like, is it the Knicks? For all that they've done the last two years, is it Chicago for having basically a head start and everybody thought on draft night? You know, you move Heinrich and, oh, there it is. That's the move they need. You know, mm-hmm. who goes home the biggest loser this summer without LeBron? Uh, I mean, I, I, I guess Chicago if they wind up with nothing, you right. know. I mean, even New York, at least New York's got Amari, you know. Um, so, I mean, and, and I don't, you know, I mean, I know New Jersey put a great – great effort into it but i mean they were you know it was they were never a favorite for for lebron you know they made the, made a great presentation but this was always about chicago and, and cleveland and new york mm. and miami i guess so yeah. um so i don't think they can really be upset about what happened i mean they've got an, you know they've got a great future in new jersey um going forward with prokhorov so I guess I would say the Bulls because, you know, they, they obviously – I mean, remember, they started this by trading, giving John Salmons away right. to a division rival, That's right, you yeah. know, yeah. to clear cap room for this summer. So, I mean, and I, I, I give them all the credit in the world for having the guts to kind of, 
go go all in on this, you know. But they gave John Salmons away, um, you know. Then they gave Kirk Heinrich away. They gave the first round pick away, and all of that. And those are three viable players that could help you win. Um, all of that is for, um, you know, not if they don't get one of these big guys. Yeah. Well. Uh, listen, D.A., uh, we appreciate you. We know your time's golden right now, and uh, we thank you so much for joining us. And listen, I've already got the online. I'm, on, I'm online looking at uh, real estate in South Florida, so if you want me to send you the link, um, I don't you know, I don't know what wifey says, but you might want <laughs> We're going to be spending a lot of time in South Florida if, if LeBron ends up choosing Miami. So I will uh, – I will uh... – she will take it under advisement. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, man, DA. And we'll definitely be uh, looking out for you on NBA.com in the next couple of days. All right. Thank, Thank you, you, man. All right. Bye-bye. Jeff, Micah, Clint, I mean, <sighs> I, I don't, this is the weirdest thing. I mean, I feel like LeBron's got the whole world on, on pins and needles waiting to see what he does. And it's, if he decides to go back to Cleveland, I'm telling you, it's gonna, I'm going to feel like I wasted all this time for him to just stay where he was anyway. Yeah, we just sat here all summer for about two weeks, every day, hitting the refresh button on our websites <laughs> and on our Twitter feeds frantically, only to find out, hey, I could have taken a nap for two weeks, and basically the world didn't change uh, in terms of LeBron anyways. Yeah, I mean, I, I just hope this is all uh, not much ado about nothing where LeBron is concerned. And, that, and I don't mean that to disrespect the fans in Cleveland, because I personally, I think it's great that if a guy stays where he is, yeah, basically what Durant's doing, basically what Kobe Bryant has done, even though he flirted with the idea of leaving. But yeah. there's something to be said for the continuity of building to a to a championship level where you start. No, and that's what's you know. I think not being talked about as much. And you know, we're focusing on this whole craziness and all the media coverage and all that. But one of the I think knocks against the NBA for a while was, oh, I don't know what team that guy plays for anymore. He keeps getting shipped around left and right to this team and that team. And now you look this summer, Rudy Gay's going to stay put. Joe Johnson staying put, Wade is staying put, you know, possibly LeBron staying put, maybe Boozer stays put. So, I mean, you're going to, if you're a casual NBA fan, you're going to know who these guys play for now. And it's going to make the league, I think, more appealing to people. But it's a long process to get there. You know, it's not how we'd ideally like to get to the point where everyone's staying home. Yeah. I think the interesting thing to me, and again, there's still a lot of summer left to be played out. Obviously, the decision tomorrow night and then any other trades and signs that could come around. But looking at it right now, if LeBron goes back to Cleveland, maybe even if he goes to Chicago and that's all that else the really the, that the Bulls do, I don't really, sort of like y'all talked about, I don't feel like the landscape has changed that much. Whereas in some previous seasons, even last year with the Spurs getting Richard Jefferson, you know that didn't work out as well as people thought. But at no. the time, it seemed like, well, maybe they've taken another step up in this arms race. It doesn't feel like a whole lot has changed. Yeah, yeah, and even like Detroit, when they signed Villanueva and, and Gordon, I mean, I think everybody kind of thought, okay, number one, kind of what are they doing? And number two, they're obviously getting ready to rebuild in some way. So, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't feel like the, the whole balance of power has shifted. Even with Amari going to New York, as DA pointed out, you know, you have to wonder if – or I'm sorry, Fran said that you have to wonder if that's going to really change New York's fortunes that all that much. Yeah, I'm just not uh... – I'm not sold on any of these teams passing up the Lakers for sure. I mean, the, even with LeBron in Miami, the only thing that makes me believe is we should all go ahead and get our reservations for, you know, for the finals between yeah. L.A. and Miami. But that doesn't by any means think I, I'm convinced that the, the Heat could beat the Lakers in a in a, in a playoff Well, you may yet. even want to wait a few years because <laughs> if they got all this money locked up, you might need to wait for them to straighten it all out right. and get their bench squared away. Exactly. So, I mean, I, there's no way I'm I'm ready to – anoint anyone the favorite above the Los Angeles Lakers. I, I reserve the right to see what it is Boston does and, and how healthy everybody is coming back because I don't, I don't just naturally assume they're going to make another championship run next year. People forget they turned, they flipped the switch and turned it on in the playoffs. They, they struggled through long stretches of the regular season with the exact same cast that they had play lights out you know, for for a great part of the playoffs. So, right. to me, it's the Los Angeles Lakers, you know, show. I mean, Kobe Bryant, like I told D.A., uh, he's got to be sitting somewhere right now, you know, getting a massage, going, bring it, you know. Yeah, really. And if, I mean, they're going to probably lose Farmar, but they just are going to get Steve Blake. Yeah, so, I it's kind of like a wash. Exactly. So, you, you came out even. So, really, you didn't lose much. You got your coach back. So, you seem like you're primed for at least to, to defend what you had, if not 
improve on it. Exactly. You know. Um, well, fellas, uh, we may have to show back up in here in, in uh, 24 hours and do this again. I mean, I don't know. We gotta we gotta keep Clint with us for once. I mean, I don't know, the guy. This Clint, you disappeared on us last week. We 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 don't even want to know the details. We're just glad to have you back. Um, you know, but come tomorrow night, if, what if LeBron does something crazy? We might be trying to get back in here and and restart this thing because I don't know who. Nobody knows. Nobody seems to know what he's going to do. If if DA doesn't have a clue and doesn't want to guess, then I certainly don't want to step into those waters and and try and guess. No, that's the thing with this is it's he's kept it really a tight lid on it, and you so a lot of these other guys, you know, things leaked out. You find out what's going on, and and we knew where they were going, but. I mean, you got to give LeBron's group some credit, I guess, for being able to keep things tightened up and controlling the message, as DA talked about, because they're definitely controlling the message. Oh, no doubt about it. And the the saddest part is, I know where all of us are going to be on Thursday night at at uh, nine o'clock. So I gotta say this though. No, you're going to be watching, Micah. I think you got to be careful what you wish for with all this. I, I'm sure LeBron wanted to have, you know, all the hype and the hoopla because he didn't get to go through it with college, whatever. But like you said with Durant, I mean, Durant did it under, you know, sort of under the radar. He doesn't have to worry about any backlash. He's going to get nothing but positive vibes from yeah. that. Yeah. You know, LeBron should be careful because he's really setting up for a lot of people to kind of hate on him. And, you know, he was kind of always the golden child and no one really ever spoke bad about him until the second round of this year's playoffs. Yeah, that's a good point. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out with some a lot of hurt feelings from these towns that he's dallied with and ended up getting burned. Yeah, I mean, I'll be curious to see if he doesn't go to New York. What kind of, re- what kind of reaction do you think he'll get from the Knicks fans that – Madison Square Garden next year, or maybe if he doesn't go to Chicago, how do you think they're going to treat him at the United Center? Yeah, especially all those people who went ahead and went to the NBA store and got their little <laughs> LeBron number six jersey with the Bulls logo, and now it says, oh, great. Now I can't even wear this Oof, thing. It could get nasty. You got your signs, and now you got to go throw them out. What exactly. Are you do? You it could know? get real nasty. Look, yeah, They can sign Jerome James. Look, exactly. You, Micah, I'm, I'm just telling you right now, maybe we ought to go somewhere and get every, like get a viewing party for this, like a – this could be a pay-per-view event somewhere. Let's see if we can uh, charge some. Well, anyway, I'll invite Stan Van Gundy if you want. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make sure he's there. We go to. Let's all go to Orlando and watch it with Stan Van Gundy and just watch his facial reactions every time LeBron says a word. You know, yeah, you thought he was pained on the sideline during some <laughs> games. He'll be. He'll be in some real pain watching that. I'm trying think, to tell you. I think Stan's a little mad because it sounds like Spolster's going to get to keep his job, and he's going to oh, be like, "Hey, you I, are terrible. You, know? you, you listen, y'all are terrible. This." This is supposed to be a moment of celebration for whatever city gets the brown. Y'all sit there making jokes. I love it. <laughs> the Hangtime Podcast, once again, uh, stirring up the mess. Got everybody back in tow here, finally. Uh, Clint Hawkins back. Micah Hart, our super producer. Jeff Case, the guru from the DiGiorno 5 on the rise. Glad to make an appearance. Glad you could join us today. Seku Smith from the Hangtime blog at NBA.com. I want to thank our guests, Fran Blindberry of NBA.com and David Aldridge, TNT's Finest. Uh, we will be back next week to talk more and more free agency. You thought it was over. It's just getting started.